Um, Today's scripture reading will be from the book of Habakkuk, the second chapter, the 12th to the 14th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town of injustice. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of the Lord. We covered a lot of this about really, whoa, what's going on. Habakkuk was listening he had to ask questions at first. And you know, he wasn't the only one that was saved. I mean, we think about it and we read the Bible and we think that these men of God were the only ones that were saved at the time. He wasn't the only one that was saved. There were other people that were doing right, that were doing good. But we have it recorded where we see wickedness and strife and oppression and we hear you know, about how they were just off track. If we're not careful, we will not put ourselves in that same position today and where we are and examine ourselves to see if we are not off track. It's easy to get off track. It is. It's very easy. It's very easy to just go with the flow. And so Abaka is is he's asking these questions that we asked ourselves when we talk, when we hear about, uh, we see people prospering and uh, having things and, and we don't have those things and we desire those things and we wonder when we pray and we have all these questions about this seemingly unfair situation that, we are, that we're in. At that point in time, you know, what do we do? What do, we do? Uh, James Montgomery Broyce is a Presbyterian, he was a Presbyterian pastor who wrote 32 books of the Bible. He puts it this way. He says, this is what we should do. And I like it. He said, first of all, we should just be quiet. When all of these things that we don't understand come at us, and we're trying to figure out why is my son not doing what he should do? Why is my daughter not doing what she? Why is this man not doing what he should do? Why is this woman not doing? What, why do these people have what seemingly I need? And why are the people that are you know mean and evil controlling the world and all of these? Just shut up. You know, just shut up. Because if we don't, we'll miss. We'll miss what's happening. We'll start whining. We'll start gossiping. We'll start. Uh, getting in ourselves, and he says, just, just be quiet and, and, and start spending some time with him and trying to hear what he has to say to you and meditate and pray. And oh, Brother Bert, there you go again. Yeah, fast, fast. That's what I'm saying. The Bible said fast, I say fast. If the Bible didn't say it, I wouldn't say it. Fast. And then he says, restate some basic principles. And I love that because, oh my goodness, greater is he that's in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in its context. In its context. Don't put God on all that mess and start talking about, you know, name it and claim it stuff. Okay, because if we look at the context of that, we'll find out that was to help you overcome 
things that were spiritual things that were coming up against you. I like to think of all of the things that God have done for me and brought me out of and delivered me. I go all the way back to that 1958 Chevy and I could not see a way through there and I was drag racing in some kind of way I got through there. Or I looked at when I was raising five kids by myself and God blessed me to raise those kids and I never missed a meal. They never missed a meal. They graduated from college. Yeah, there's some out there that still ain't done right, but God brought me through. That's restating basic principles when all of this stuff started happening to us. God is in control. History is not in front of God. And then we apply these principles to the problem. And that way we'll keep it in context. It's like, you know, you're walking on some snow and it's, you know, or they just cleaned it all. People in the Midwest will know about this kind of stuff and it's still kind of slippery. You don't look like it. you got to be careful. You're going to slip and hit, you know, you're going you're to hurt yourself. So you be careful when you're walking. So that's what we have to do when we find uh, something that is, that, that problem is that slippery, that slippery stuff. You know, we have to be very careful when we're walking across that, that sidewalk. And we have to, when we look at scripture, difficult scripture, to try to understand what is all this about, we have to keep it in its context. Because if we keep it in its context, it becomes, it, it explains itself. Read before the scripture, read after the scripture. Read the whole thing. Don't just pull out one little thing and start trying to apply it to everything. Look at the whole context of what was going on during this time. And then if it, if it don't, you know, if things just still don't seem like they still make sense, just give it to God. Give that situation. And it's hard. It's hard because we want to carry it. We want to tell everybody we're carrying it. You know, and, it's, and if we do that, it's going to wear us down. It's heavy. But we have to give it to him and let him give us the peace that he's going to give us. And when we come out on the other side, I guarantee you, you'll be stronger, you'll be wiser, and you'll appreciate the whole problem, that, the seeming the problem that was there. So this, this is where we are today. Verse 12. What sorrow awaits you who built cities with money gained through murder and corruption? He asked a question and he said, as we learned in the past, I'm going to sit at my, I'm going to sit at my post now and I'm going to listen to God. This is God talking to us at this point. It's not a story that we are supposed to look at, a fairy tale. This is God talking to, now he's replying to Habakkuk. So I think it's important that we listen. He's, this is God speaking to Habakkuk now. He's speaking to him. Okay, you just said what you want to say because he knew. He said, I'm going to sit down and I know I'm going to be rebuked and when I get through asking this question of God because he knows all. And this is God talking to him. He's saying, woe, woe unto, he says, or I'm sorry, verse 12, he says, wait. He said, watch sorrow awaits you who builds cities. And this is a different translation. The build cities with money, because I think the, the 12 starts off with a woe. We look at foreign leaders that have 
toppled countries that have fallen. God's word is coming to pass. God didn't say this and then it wouldn't come to pass. We look at, we look at the nations in Africa. We look at Syria. We look at Gaddafi. We look at Saddam Hussein. We, oh, wait a minute. We want to look at them. We don't want to look at America. We don't want to look at America. We don't want to look at America's past. We don't want to look at the cotton industry and the textile industry and slavery. We don't want to look at that. Wait a minute. God is the God of this whole universe. And he said, whoa. When he says, whoa, I mean, we should listen. And, and we think about uh, the cross-reference there is Micah 3.10. And, and actually, Micah 3.10, Micah was writing during a time when there was a whole bunch of corruption too. And, um, and most of it was during the leadership, the leaders, the, pr- the priests, the kings, just total corruption from the, not from the bottom up, from the top down. He said, you're building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. I went and saw the butler, and I know young people cannot relate to it. Two people in the church already talked to young people. They was like, thumbs down. You don't get it. I'm 68. I'll be 69 this year. I get it. The butler was a great movie because it chronicled history, unfairness, and a lot of things that Habakkuk was talking about. And I think about the, I think about the, the slaves that were going through that time and how the ones that were called Uncle Toms, you know, they had, we needed, we needed Uncle Toms. I'm sorry, we needed Uncle Toms. Because if everybody was, everybody was revolting and shooting and killing boy, whoo, my goodness, where would we be? We have to examine ourselves. If we, if we really deal with this scripture the way that he is talking to Habakkuk, we will take it in its full context of everything from the individual to the leaders to the church. Because those people who were godly during that time also wanted to know what was going on. Why wasn't God doing anything? It's likened to that period of, uh, of Malachi to uh, the first uh, t- New Testament. They called it the intertestamental time when God was quiet, wasn't talking to nobody. I don't want God to get quiet on me. I don't. I want him to speak to me. I want him to speak to me all the time. And he is speaking all the time. But if we put it in its context of where he, what he's talking about this, we have to examine even the church. We can build a church that everybody will come to. Give them bowling alleys, give them gymnasiums, give them uh, classes, give them instructional classes on how to become rich. And we can just give them everything they want. And we do it. And I want to be a part of that big old church. I want to be a part of that mega church. And, and we have to ask ourselves, are they in an unholy reliance with the secular world to where they're giving them them smooth, soothing messages and those type of uh, uh, reassuring types of uh, sermons that is just going to just make everybody happy? 
smile and be happy. We ain't never going to preach on tithes. We don't never. If you broke and you ain't got no money, don't pay your tithes. Are you kidding me? You better pay your tithes. If you broke and if you poor and if you don't have no food and you begging or you out here doing whatever you going, you, you're, you're pitching your pennies from paycheck to paycheck, you better pay your tithes. Now you got to go to a church that is doing things right. If you're poor, you can't afford not to pay your tithes. If I don't pay my tithes, at the end of the month, I have the same amount of money if I do pay my tithes. And I've missed. But I say, Lord, I'm going to catch up. We can't afford, we cannot afford to teach on tithing. We're in a community that needs help. We can give them basketball camps. We can give them everything. We can have all kinds of exciting, fun things to do. But if we don't teach them the principles of what God wants us to know, we're doing them a disservice. Because it's easy to be interwoven in this society. And when we become, and we're going to be, he ain't going to rapture us up and take us away. We are interwoven in this world. When God says come out from among them, he ain't talking about come out from among the world. He's talking about come out from among those people who teach in false doctrine. Uh-oh. But we don't read the Bible and read it in its context, so we don't understand it. We throw things out there, we throw scripture out there that does not apply. We're interwoven in this world and we are to be interwoven with this world and we're supposed to be out there witnessing to the people. I'd rather be witnessing to a homeless person than sitting here talking right now. Truth be told. I get more fun out of doing it because I know this is not a message that's going to be received well. But I thank God he said, trust me, all the way to the song this morning. He said, trust me, Bert. You're not here to gain any friends. The word of God did not come to unite people. I'm sorry, y'all. The word of God did not come to unite people. It is not going to unite people. It has never united people. Oh, brother, you shouldn't be talking about the ministers. You shouldn't be talking about the church. You shouldn't be talking about name and claim and confess. When I read the Bible, they called them out. But you know what? We get caught up in it. We want it to. Verse 13, it says, Has not the Lord of heaven promised that the wealth of the nations will turn to ashes? They work so hard, but all in vain. And the reference on that goes to 1 Timothy 6.10. Craving money, some have wandered from true faith. I knew this dude, he was something else. He, He was a crook. He went to prison once for doing the things that he did. I like this dude. 
I played golf with this dude until the Lord said, okay, Bert, stop playing golf with him. They are poo-pooing all over my word, making fun of you. I said, okay, Lord, I ain't going to play golf with him no more. He had yachts. He had historical houses that he had. He had boats, ski boats. He had motorcycles. And I was like, I'm a broker, and he's just taking people's money. He's in prison right now. I went to his court session and sat down on the other side because I didn't want them to think I was sitting there with him. <laughs> and I tell you what, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it because I'm sitting here and he's in prison again for doing that. But he got caught up in that. And how many times have we compromised and... and and do things that uh, will give us what we want, and we will compromise our walk with God. We will bring everything into the church that looks and sounds good. We will mix up horoscopes with Christianity and think nothing of it. What sign are you? I'm Christian. You know, Jim Brown came to uh, Richard Pryor when Richard Pryor had, you know, he had been successful and he just was, but he was doing it up on the drugs. And, you know, you, Richard Pryor, he was just raw. He put it out there, all the things he did. But he had burned himself up with smoking crack and was running down the street. He was looking at the blue flames. He was on fire. And he went to the hospital and, and nobody, you know, how can you, how can you talk to Richard Pryor at this point in his life? And Jim Brown came in there and said, sat down next to him. Just like I'm sitting down there, I'm going to say to you guys now. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? And it was like an epiphany. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? You going to come through here every Sunday, do the same thing, then go back out into the world and just compromise and, and people not even know you're a Christian. I, I, you know, I saw this lady and I was at this place and she was just cussing this lady out and about if, if, if you and it was a you know it was a lesbian with two other women and they was having their fight and they was gonna do it and she was sitting back in here and she said and I will blankety blankety blank and I will blankety blank and I'm just going by my business helping move this stuff for these people and she said oh I'm sorry I didn't you know I don't usually talk like this if and I saw a time I saw a chance to minister I said I said Oh, that's okay, sister. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Oh, God. And she just slumped down. And we just prayed and we prayed and she just released it. She submitted to God. I walked away. Wasn't even a minute. I said, if you do that, I was like, whoa. It was like, you know, it's like if you clean that temple out, if you don't put God back in that temple, boy, what's going to come back out? Um, you know, we talk about, and that's, that's scripture. If you do not 
spend time with God, what are you putting, what you going to do? What you going to do? But you know, there is a bright side because in this reference that we talked about before, uh, God said, I, you know, at first I was, I, I told Peggy, I said, you know, Peggy, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to just say, uh, whoa, I'm going to kill you. That's God. Because basically, God killed all those people. Now, who are you going to get to come to a message saying God going to kill you? I, I, I got rid of that one. I just said, no, I won't put, I won't put that up. I'll bring it in at some point and didn't know I was going to bring it in here now. But uh, that's basically what happened. Because God told him, he said, you know what? And you know what? He was so heavy in his writings that all these other folks, and Paul particularly, they use it. Sit down. Write it out. It's going to come to pass. You can tarry. You can wait, but it's coming to pass. These things are going to happen. All of these people that are doing all of these things, all of the things and all the people who say I am not, I don't exist, they're into all, all of these other things, they're going to die. But I am going to have a stump. I'm going to have a root. I'm going to have a seed. I have a promise. I have a promise, and it's, gonna, it's going to reign with me forever. Are you going to be a part of that promise? Or are you going to give it up for what seems like a good old-fashioned, get all you can get, enjoy everything, compromise, live the way, you know, homosexuality now is every program, every movie, every script got something in there. You don't say nothing about it. It is on a rampage. Look at the, look at all of it again. Look at the, look what's happening in, in the political scene. Look what's happening in all of these other countries. They just look, God's word is coming to pass. What are you going to do? It's not a storybook. It's the true word of God. Don't walk out of here. Don't walk out of here. Uh, it's like my brother told me. He said the pastor preached and everybody walked up to the pastor and said it was a good service, good message. And he said that tore him up. It tore him up. He said, the pastor came up to him and said, well, Brother Clemens, how'd you like that message? He said, I didn't. I didn't. It tore me up. He said, but you know what? I'm mature enough to where I'm going to let this word have its total and perfect work on me. You're going to have an opportunity to do the same thing today. I usually get up and I ask people, what did you get out of the service today? I ain't asking today. God wants to do a work in City Church. He wants to do a lasting work.